Good morning and happy Sabbath Tabernacle of Praise. Good morning. I'm so glad to be in the house of the Lord just one more time. Let us stand as we usher in the Holy Spirit as we sing Sabbath rest. Come on, we set our work aside. Set our work aside. And we leave our cares behind. Happy Sabbath, everybody. Come on, can we put our hands together and worship God on this beautiful Sabbath morning? You may be seated in the presence of an amazing God. He is so worthy to be praised. I am so thankful and honored to be able to stand in the midst of the people of God on the day of God to celebrate this amazing God. He is truly worthy of our praise. Amen. Amen. Just want to take a moment and just welcome you who are viewing with us online. We want to thank God for you. We again, as always, understand that you can go elsewhere, but you have made a conscious decision to come and worship with us today. And we want to say thank you. And we pray that your experience with us will be an amazing one. Amen. And also for you who are visiting with us in the house, do we have anyone visiting with us for the very first time? Any first time? Miss Pam, amen, she's shaking her head, wave, thank you so much, God bless you, amen, we want to welcome you to Tabernacle of Praise, we pray that your sister, amen, amen, we want to welcome you to Tabernacle of Praise, amen, and we pray that your experience here will be a real one that will cher- that you will cherish for days to come. Welcome to Tabernacle of Praise. I heard someone say that Sister Elaine is in the house, amen. Praise God for you, Sister Elaine. God is good, and all the time, and Sister Elaine, it is a blessing to see you in the house, amen. Amen. Let her know that let her know that we are praising God for her. Amen. 
Amen. We are so thankful, 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 Sister Kathy. Amen. Welcome back in the house. Amen. It's good to see you. It's always good to see God's people make that way. You know, the enemy, and you know, I don't like giving him any glory. I don't like giving him any, any, any room, but he is real and he's busy. And our church been under attack. But we know that God is a very present help in a time of storm. So we ask you, we just want to encourage you to hold on to God's unchanging hands. Because he is faithful and he is on the throne. And we want to thank God for you being here. Uh, just a couple more announcements. I'm going to get out of your way. We are in a new month. Uh, the month of March. Amen. I think we're about to close out another quarter. And so we want to just celebrate our birthdays in the month of in the month of March. Do we have anyone celebrating birthday? A birthday? I see you, sister. Amen, sister Pam. Amen, brother Chester. Amen. Carlton's okay birthday. And Carlton today is his birthday. Sister Rose, I see your hand up. Thirty-two. Amen, sister Rose. Twenty-fifth. Your birthday is the twenty-fifth. Amen. Sister Kennedy's birthday is this month, the 23rd. Amen. We praise God for all birthdays that are being celebrated in the month of March. And as always, we want to just sing happy birthday to you, if that's all right. Can we just sing happy birthday? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. celebrate our birthdays and anniversaries any anniversaries in the month of march amen none in february none in march it must be still being that cold season so amen but amen Krishanda. paisley paisley amen well we welcome sister paisley in the house how old is paisley Two. Hey, Paisley. Can we just wave at Paisley? Just everybody just take a wave at her. Amen. Make her feel real special in the house today. Amen. As we continue to move forward, we want to just remind you on Wednesday, we'll be back on Zoom as we are um, doing our prayer meetings on Zoom. We'll be dealing with chapter four of our last day event. So we encourage you to do your reading. Come with that conversation because we want to hear from the Lord. Amen. And also on the 9th, which is next Sabbath, we're having our district day. So we'll have um, Lighthouse will be in the house. Um, and so we want to celebrate on that day, which will also be deacons and deaconesses ordination. Um, we have several individuals that will be ordained on next week. And so we ask that you will come prepared for um, a worship. And while I'm on that special day, I want to um, ask all of our deacons, all of our deaconesses, as well as our elders, if you can meet with me briefly um, after the service today. All of our deacons, all of our deaconesses, as well as our elders, if we can meet briefly after service today. Um, I ask you also to keep my wife.
and prayer. Um, she's well. She's really well. She's actually at Berean this morning bringing the word. Um, and so we want to keep her lifted up as she speaks life into um, the family of God over at Berean. And lastly, I just want to encourage each and every one of you to remain faithful in your giving. Continue to trust God in the midst of all that is going on. I know these are some dangerous times that we're living in, but the reality is God is still on the throne. And so I'm encouraging you to trust him in the midst of it all. Um, know that he has your best interests at heart. At this time, if you can just bow your heads with me before we invite up um, our brother Hitchings to come and just share with us um, real quick. Um, let's just have a word of prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we are so thankful, so blessed, honored, and privileged to be able to come before you. As always, we deem this day holy because you are holy. And so we just ask that you will just have your way. Um, do what you do, and we'll be ever so mindful to give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Brother Hitchens. Good morning. Happy Sabbath. Now, if you recall last week, we had a high day in Zion. And what I wanted to do today was something that was on my mind. Sister Kylie, yes, you. Come here. I want to present with you, to you, these Bibles. If you recall last week when I had my Bible over there and she told me, I'm reading that. I want to make sure you have your own so nobody can take it away from you. Candy. 
Amen. Every day with Jesus. I love him more and more. Amen. You know, uh, I am just a fan of um, keyboards and um, of any instrument, really. Um, just love the, the sound and the music and and um, thou shalt not covet. <laughs> That's right. Thou shalt not covet. But I do appreciate and admire our musicians. Can we just put our hands together? Every, amen, all of them. I, I can just imagine that as you plan, you're just getting tickled in your spirit. Yeah, and just doing what you do over there. I was feeling that right there. I wasn't playing, but I was feeling it over there. And so we thank God for our musicians. Yes, we are. Um, and as we gather our hearts um, and our thoughts, as I mentioned earlier, our church has been, and I'm sure other churches, you know, these are the last days and the enemy is definitely busy. And um, we have been dealing with a lot of sickness and a lot of uh, pain and a lot of death um, in our families. And we just want to um, just encourage the people to just continue to trust God. Um, I want to read to you um, a, a card from the McCray family who is showing their appreciation and thanksgiving for their church and the support. As we finalize um, Sister McCray's, um, Elder McCray's sister um, on last week, um, it simply reads, the world's a whole lot better place because of people like you who bring so much happiness with the nice things that they do. And with your recent thoughtfulness still very much in mind, this is meant to bring a thank you of the very warmest kind from Elder McCray and family. Sometimes you don't know just how appreciative a person is of your kindness. Sometimes it can go unsaid, sometimes it can even go unnoticed. But it's a blessing when we receive cards and we're able to just share with the body of Christ that, that your thoughts and your prayers and your kind words were definitely appreciated. And so we want to encourage you, even in the midst of all that is going on, surely we can find a thank you somewhere. Sure, we can find a I'm praying for you somewhere. I know your world is, is upside down right now, but, but surely there is a thank you, Jesus, somewhere on your lips. And so as we gather our hearts and as we gather our thoughts, I want to invite, and this isn't expected, this isn't prepared. I, these individuals are, are not aware that I'm about to do this, but, but Sister Lynette mentioned she's having surgery on this week, on Friday. So we want to invite you, Sister Lynette, to come and meet me down at the front. We want to anoint you with oil, and we want to pray for you. Not only that, but we want to invite Sister Rose, who, soon as I walked in, shared with me that she's in pain. She said, I could tell him uh, her, her hip. 
and, 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 and you see her standing here. So we want to surround you with prayer. And Sister Bev, you shared with me today. Now, I know you're seated here, so we're going to ask you to continue to stay seated. But I'm going to anoint you with oil. And I believe that there is power and healing in the anointing. I believe in that. I believe that God is a very present help. We want to also pray for Sister Teresa who lost her uh, a mother. I, 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 don't want, yeah, I guess I could say your, your, your mother in love. Thank you, Elder. I want to put all of it out there, but, but we want to keep you in prayer, sis. And surgery on the 15th. So we're going to anoint you with oil. I don't know if you want to come down. And as we anoint you with oil, I won't take all the choir because we've been going through some things. Brother Jerry, I heard about your story. We're praying for you, not putting you out there, but just want you to know that we're praying for you. And God is working on your behalf. I believe that. I believe that because you're standing here today. And God is not going to allow stuff to come upon his children and turn a blinded eye. So I'm going to ask you, Jerry, to continue to trust God. To continue to lean on God. To continue to put him at the forefront of your thinking. Because God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can think of or even imagine. I believe that as a testament of God's grace and his mercy. As I stand here today is because of God. So, family of God, if you feel pressed to come close to the altar, you who are online viewing us, we ask if you can reverently kneel as we look to the Lord our God in prayer. Sister Elaine, we're going to lift you up too because we believe in the power of prayer. Elder Harris, I have it right here. Elder Harris, you've been battling health challenges as well. You've been in the hospital. Back issues. We're praying for you. We're praying that God will touch you. And not just touch you, but bring healing to your body. Oh, the presence of the Lord is in this place today. We're dealing with bereavement, dealing with hurt, dealing with pain, dealing with, with all of this stuff. But I need us to understand something, family of God, that this thing is real. That God makes no mistake. But when you put it in the hands of Jesus, when you place it in the master's hands, he will bring you through. So, Sister Rose, we're going to pray for you today. As we anoint you with this oil, we believe. That God will touch and deliver. Sister Lynette, as you prepare for your surgery, God has already gone through and made the crooked road straight. Sister Teresa, we're praying healing over your body. We're praying for relief in the name of Jesus. Elder Harris, we trust that God will lead you. That God will touch you. Sister Beverly, we're going to anoint you in the name of Jesus. And we believe 
that God will do exactly what he said that he will do. That he's not a God that he shall lie. Brother Jerry, we're touching you in a green in the name of Jesus. Believing that God is going to work it out for your good. Trusting him in the midst of it all. Believing him when believing becomes unbearable and holy on to him. Even if you got to holler. Because Father, in the name of Jesus, we trust that you're going to do what you said you will do. Not by power nor by might, but by your spirit, save the Lord. So as we come boldly before your throne this morning, God, we're asking first and foremost that you will forgive us of our sins. Ask that you will cleanse us from all unrighteousness, O oh God, and allow your Holy Spirit to move mightily through our lives. That wherever we go, God, or whatever it is that we do, that your name will be glorified. I want to lift up before you in a very special way, Lord. Uh, uh, Sister Lynette Dancy, oh God. Uh, I pray right now in the name of Jesus uh, that as you prepare her for this surgery on Friday, that you will go before her right now in the name of Jesus. Uh, that you will step in that operating room. Uh, that you will do what you do, oh God. Uh, that you will be with the physicians today, oh God. Uh, that you will be with the nurses and the attendees today, oh God, that as they maneuver through this surgery, oh God, that you will take the lead, oh God, that you will be the one that we're doing all the cutting and making all of the incisions, and that you will be the one, oh God, that will bring about the healing. But ultimately, God, we believe in the power of prayer, and we believe, oh God, that you're able to even heal her right now, oh God. So we claim in healing right now in the name of Jesus. We're asking that you would touch her right now, oh God. Let your presence be made known in this space, oh God. And we will be ever so mindful to give you all the praise. We want to lift up before you, Sister Rose, this morning. We pray for her hip right now, oh God. As she is standing and representing the kingdom of God, we pray healing over her, God. We ask that you would touch her right now, that you would remove the pain, remove the issue, whatever it is, oh God, that you will take it away oh god uh, let it be made known today oh god uh, we lift up before you sister beverly today oh god uh, you know her circumstances you know her situation god uh, we ask that you will step in right now oh god uh, and make the crooked road straight oh god uh, let your shikana fall right now oh god uh, not by power nor by might uh, but by your spirit saith the lord uh, do what you do oh god uh, and creating us a clean heart uh, and renew the right spirit within us. I lift up before you, Sister Teresa, today, oh God. I pray right now in the name of Jesus, as she mourns the loss of her mother in love, that you would give her sweet victory, oh God. Lord, as her body is racking with pain, that you would give her sweet victory, God. Be with Elder Harris today, oh God. We ask your covering over him right now, oh God. Let your presence be made known, God. Let it be made known right now, God. Heal him with your righteousness right hand. Uh, show up and show out, God. Uh, stop by here today, oh God. Uh, let us not leave here the same way we came uh, but let us leave it with a newfound love for the things of God. Uh, and we will be ever so mindful uh, to give you all the praise. Uh, Lord, I pray for Jerry today, oh God. Uh, I ask that you will touch him right now, oh God. Uh, I lay hands on this brother, oh God. Uh, for this is your child, oh God. Um, and the enemy is doing everything he can uh, to take him out. Uh, but Lord, hold him up uh, when he feels weak. Uh, give him strength uh, when he 
feels down, uh, Lord, speak to him and speak through him uh, and work out his situation uh, and let him know, Father. Let him know that you have him. Let him know that being here is not a mistake. Let him know, God, that you work it all things according to your good. Lord, we lift up before you, Sister Elaine, today. We thank you that she pressed her way out today. Could have stayed home, Father. But she made a conscious decision to come into your house of worship. Lord, let us not leave here the same way we came. Those that have come around this altar, Lord, we pray right now for deliverance. We pray right now for victory, oh God. We pray right now that when we leave this space, we will not leave it the same way we came. So God, do what you do today, oh God. And we will be ever so mindful to give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory because you're good like that. You're better than good, God. You an amazing God. Lord, for those that are viewing online, we ask that you would stop by each home today. Stop by each home. Let them experience you today, Father. For we believe and know that this thing is wrapping up fast. And we want to be a people prepared to receive you in that great getting up morning. And Lord, as you spoke and as you were speaking with us today, we ask that you would cover my wife as she breaks the bread of life. We ask that you would be with the hearts and minds of your children at Berean. Oh God, we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for what you're about to do. And again, God, have your way today. And we will be ever so mindful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We will be ever so mindful. To give you all the praise, God, all the honor, and all the glory. Because you're so amazing. This we do pray. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah, amen. Amen again. So we're going to do a little bit of housekeeping today. First of all, these beautiful flowers, right? Amen. Now, I'm understanding that Sandy does this for us. So she's not here today. But I just want to say, and, and who? 
uh, uh, Sandy and Karen. Karen does a lot of stuff. But anyway, Sandy and Karen has done this. This is so beautiful. It is really beautiful. And I just want to thank you. I don't even mind them being in my way, really. They look good. They make me look better. You know? So, also, I want to say an anonymous donor, I'm not going to say who, I don't even know who anyway, has given us this. Lee, will you stand up and let them see? Now, somebody say that. That's all. Look at this. Oh, right, right, right. Kicking off this Backpack Sabbath. And then we have an awesome, awesome graphic artist. And that's by Rose Marie. This is so beautiful to me. This is just awesome. So this is our list of things that you can bring in. Now, the way we were going to use this, because we're looking for 600, and this alone we want, like, to be able to give 24 of these times 600. So... That means that you're probably not going to be able to do this by yourself. So invite your neighbors, take this to them, and let them help, let them support, and let them be blessed by God for their generosity. Amen. So we have those things before us. Now, I wanted to say this week I was, uh, I, it's it anonymous donation. Oh, okay. Back. <laughs> anyway, back to... Uh, so back to what I was saying. So this week, it has been disturbing. Now, if it, your week wasn't disturbed, that's because you weren't paying attention. In fact, this whole past year and a half has been a disturbing year. So first they took Roe v. Wade. Most of the people talking about they don't want Roe v. Wade, will never use Roe v. Wade. But as a result of that, a young lady who was 10 years old, molested by the landlord, got pregnant. Her uncle? Yeah. Uncle. Okay, so there may have been two or three of these people around. I'm just one. Well, anyway, her uncle or landlord may have been the same thing. But anyway, she could not have an abortion in her, in her state, so she had to travel across states. Now, I know some will say, well, you know, we shouldn't be having abortions anyway. But we have the power of choice was given to us before creation. Mm -hmm. God created earth with the power of choice before earth was even created. That was the beautiful thing. The angels have the power of choice. That's why there was conflict in, 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 in heaven. So, but anyway, uh, uh, besides that, this week, SCOTUS decided that it took two weeks to determine if they were going to look at a case of if this is an insurrection when people you know, run through the White House looking for folk to hang, blah, blah, blah. Everybody knows about that, I believe. So they did that this week as well. And then they're going to give seven more weeks. All of this is delay, delay, delay. And then it was another disturbing thing is that they want to take out black history. I'm surprised no one said anything about the month yet. I'm, I'm shocked no one has said anything. So they want to do away with the history of black folk. They want us to think that we just appeared free. It's disturbing. It's disturbing. So our rights are being trampled over, and we're sitting back and we're watching. I know personally, I feel like I have shackles on me. My hands are in handcuffs. I can't do anything. But we know that this has to happen. This is part of shutting it down. This is part of the second coming of Christ. So we all have to be ready. 
And there are people out there who are not paying attention. There are people out there who, too, feel shackled but don't understand why. There are people out there who are suffering from some of the things that are going on, the laws that are being made. The, you know, IVF was taken out. You know, you can't freeze embryos anymore. So all these people who want to have children but for whatever reason cannot consummate with them, it's gone. You don't have that choice anymore. But we know this is just man, right? Mm -hmm. We know that this too will pass. We know that all God has to do is say, enough, enough. He can do whatever he wants to do. And with that in mind, we don't have to feel shackled. We are not handcuffed. We have a right to speak up and speak out, and we can do that. So what I would like for everybody to do is just acknowledge God's goodness. When I say God is good all the time, he is so good to us. He has given us the power to do all kinds of things. Backpack Sabbath. This is going to help young people be educated so they, don't, they won't get bamboozled by all the lies that's been going on. Do You see, uh, uh, the Bible says wickedness in high places, high places. All kinds of wickedness going on. But our children need to be educated and understand not only this. I'm so, so impressed with what Darius did. Gave this child a Bible. She's over there reading now. She's making me look bad. She's over there reading her Bible. So gave her that Bible. That's just the beginning of her relationship with God. And he did that for her. Thank you so much, Darius, for just looking out and allowing the Lord to use you. And then we have our Never Alone Suicide Prevention Conference. With everything going on, who don't want to check out? And don't be telling people you're going to live forever, you have an eternal life coming. Oh, my goodness, they might try to get there faster. We don't want that. We want to know how to work with individuals who have uh, suicidal ideations or who want to die by suicide. That's going to come up in September 20, uh, 27th, 28th. And then we're going to have our Christmas program. Meanwhile, all this stuff takes funding. We had to pay for these beautiful things. Not Rosemarie. We should be paying Rosemarie, but um, <clears throat> not her so far. But anyway, so, you know, everything costs money, and we need everybody's help. I'm proposing 100% participation and tithe and offering. 100% participation. Now, do you guys know that usually a church gets 20% of faithful returns of tithe and offering? 20%, right? And then we're always talking about how we don't have any money. Well, that's because it's in the 80% pockets, right? So if the 20, think about it. If the 20% brings in $177,000 in tithe, maybe more, I'm not, not for sure, just using that number. And then the other, what's, then the other 80%, wow, what we could do with that 80%. So here's what I'm going to say. If you're finding yourself having a difficult time returning tithe and offering, then please feel free to talk to the pastor or you can call me. And we will work out a budget. We will work you through this thing, take you step by step. Because one thing for sure, you will not grow cheating God. 
that's not going to happen. You may be, be blessed to tread water and stay in the same spot. But we want you to be moving forward. I'm also proposing 10% tithe, which the Lord tells us to do, and then 5% offering. So no more $2,000 tithe and $5 offering. $2,000 tithe, $1,000 offering. That's 10 5 This is for everybody. We want to see the church grow, but how can the church grow when the Bible says, will a man rob me? Yeah, he sure will, and tithe and offering. How can we grow if somebody in the midst of us is robbing God? You have robbed me, even this whole nation. You are cursed with a curse. Who's cursed with a curse, the individual or the whole nation? Am I going to have to check up out of here if 80% of people won't give, get up and do their part? We have to have everybody on board. We stepped up to 600 I'm not stepping back from 600 and my desire, and I hope my vision, our vision will be we return honest tithe and offering this year, and next year our budget for the whole year is there already. A budget, we're creating the budget for next year, right? We're not going to limp next year. I don't want to do that. If we need $100,000 for the budget next year, we should have $100,000 for the budget next year. Do that make sense to you all? Okay, y'all sound kind of weak. Don't, do I have to get to screaming and shouting up here? Yeah. Do it sound reasonable to you all, right? No company runs on, we're going to need some money next month. We're going to need some money next month. And as much as we hate business, God created the principles of business. He said, will a man start a project without counting the cost first? Who up in here is going to say, I'm going to buy a brand new car and don't have a down payment? Or you have, don't, a lot of us don't have a down payment, so we take that extra high interest rate. But you don't have a monthly payment. Who does that? And if you're doing that, let's get together. Let's figure it out. Let's work together. The Bible says, I wish above all things that you will, everybody say it, prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. That's growing. He don't say, I wish above all things that you stay in the same spot, don't grow, don't do nothing different, just be the same. No, that's not what he's saying. But we cannot prosper if we are not faithful. I'm going to ask the deacons to come forward. And I say that in love and kindness, with a little bit of Jesus, and with our patience. Most honorable Father, in the blessed name of Jesus, we thank you so much that we have the ability to give back. We thank you, Lord, for our anonymous donor who has decided to just go ahead and step out, Lord. Please, I'm asking that you will bless our donor openly. And may we receive a testimony because of his goodness or her goodness, mercy, and kindness towards your children. May the Lord bless this offering and tithe and change it from a secular use into a sacred use. Let the church say, Amen. 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 Amen.
together one more time and just worship God in this space this morning. Just give him praise. Give him glory. Give him honor. Come on, you could do better than that. Come on, we can worship him in this space today. Come on, come on, stand on your feet with me. Stand on your feet with me and just worship God in this space. Come on, can we just magnify him? Can we just give him glory? Can we just give him praise in this space today? Come on, you could do better than that. You can do better than that. Has it been good to you? Did he wake you up this morning? Did he put food on your table? Clothes on your back? Did he protect you from danger? See, come on, you can do better than that. Is he worthy? Is he worthy? Oh, yes, he's worthy. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. He's worthy to be praised. If it was me, I would receive that, but this is God that we're talking about. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's the one that set us free. He's the one that see us. 
Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank God again for our musicians. Can we put our hands together for our musicians? And while you are putting your hands together for them, can we just put our hands together for our choir slash praise team slash worshipers? Amen. You know, when you've, when, you've, when you've been through something, you can sing. You know, you, you know the folk looking at us like we done lost our mind. But, but, but when you've been through something, Sister Janice, when, you, when, when you've gone through something, oh, yes, you can open your mouth and you can sing in the midst of it all when you've gone through something. Brother Chester, when you've gone through something, you're able to give him praise even when it don't look good. Just when you've been through something, you're able, to, you're able to see him for who he is. Oh, yes, when you've been through something, you understand that God will keep you in the midst of it. It's only if you've been through something. See, if, you don't, if you've never been through anything, you, 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 you don't know what I'm talking about in here. I'm, I'm speaking a different language right now. But, but oh, when you've gone through something, when you've gone through something, when you've been in the situation where you couldn't turn to your mama or your, or your daddy, you couldn't turn to the left or to the right, and, and the only one that you can call on was Jesus, and he showed up, amen. My mama was right when she said, call on him in the midnight hour, or, or because he showed up. Now, I can, I can, I can testify that, 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 that he is a keeper that he will show up and fight my battles because I was hopeless. I was helpless. And he showed up and fought my battle. So we thank God for uh, that, that song, that selection, amen, from our choir. Now I'm free. Thank God I'm free. If you've ever been bound, you know what it's like to be free. If you've ever been shackled down, you ever been in a bad relationship and that rascal wouldn't let you even check your own phone and now you're free? Amen. Somebody know what I'm talking about. Tried to go to the store to get food for him and he had a, he checking your GPS, got your own way. Where you going? Where you going? But now you're free. Now you're free. Now you're free from that job that had you bound. I know you said, Lord, I need a job. You get that job, and now they're working your everlasting nerves, and you couldn't wait to get another job. And now you've been set free. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody had a job that just, just wish they could just hide from, just, just run from? Maybe you got that job now. I know it's paying your bills, but, 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 but you want to be free, amen? I'm so glad I'm free, amen. No more chains holding me down, amen. I've turned it over to Jesus. That don't mean we don't have struggles because we're free. You're free. You're free, all right, but you're free with a little struggle. Come on, help me, Lord. Everybody think because you're free, you don't have no drama showing up. Now, that ain't the free we're talking about. We're talking about free in Jesus. Come on, somebody. Well, I can still praise him with all the drama unfolding in my life, all the bad news that the doctor, I'm going to get to the message in a minute. I just feel free right now. I just feel free. To let somebody know that you can still be free in Jesus. And just because stuff look crazy in your life don't mean you got to throw in the time. My mama told me a long time ago. She said, son, son, just because you broke 
Don't mean you got to walk around with your pockets turned inside out. Come on, help me, Lord. I could still walk around with a suit on with no money in my pocket. Come on, somebody. You don't have to know about it, even though I just told you. Help me, Jesus, right there. But it's all right to be free. And let God be God in your life. Praise God again for just being who he is in our life. Listen, I'm not going to be before you long, but I do have a word from the Lord that I want to share with us. And I invite you, if you don't mind, if you can stand with me as we turn to the gospel of John, the gospel of St. John. Um, We want to turn to the 16th chapter, and that's where we're going to find our reading uh, this morning. John chapter 16, and we want to start with verse number 5, and you should have it on your screen for those that want to follow along. Um, But please stand with me, John chapter 16, beginning with verse 5, I'll read, and then you follow, and we'll read it um, responsibly. I believe we're going down to verse 11, John chapter 5, I mean, John chapter 16, verses 5, going all the way down to verse, yes, verse 11. The Bible says, but now I go away to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? Verse 6. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, according to the NIV, uh, the, um, the New King James Version, should I say, uh, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Verse 8. Amen. And of sin, because they do not believe in me. Uh, of righteousness, because I go. I'm sorry, verse 10, you go. Let's read verse 11 together. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world has come. Amen, amen, amen. Is judged, is judged. The ruler of this world is judged. Uh, Father God, again, we thank you so much as we speak on the work of the Holy Spirit. We ask that you will speak to us even now. Um, We declare it, we decree it in Jesus' name. We pray, I must now decrease that the word of God may increase into your hands. I commit my spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen again. You may be seated in the midst of an amazing God. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth that it... Uh, it, it, that it, it is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper or the Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Um, Jesus is um, having this major discussion um, with his disciples. Uh, anybody familiar with the story this morning as Jesus is speaking to his disciples. He's sharing with them um, some crucial um, things that is about to take place from uh, John chapter 13 all the way over to John chapter 17. Um, in your Bibles, you see that it's written in red, which, which lets us know that um, these are the words of Jesus. So Jesus, from 
uh, uh, chapter 13, um, going all the way to chapter 17, he's, he's pouring in to his disciples. He's, he's um, speaking some things into them, uh, letting them know of some things that is to come, some things that, that must take place. And, and, and here in John chapter uh, 16, Jesus is having this major discussion. He has spoken with them about love and peace. He talked to them about um, being betrayed. He spoke to them about being in John chapter 14. He talked about, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He talks to them, said, I go to prepare a place. He's, he's pouring into his disciples, getting them ready for that which is to come. I'm trying to, trying to, trying to, trying, trying to help you here, trying to help you. He's trying to get them ready for that which is to come. Uh, after three uh, and a half years, three plus years with these disciples, Jesus uh, walked with them, talked with them, broke bread with them, shared some things with them. And, and, and the truth of the matter is, as we get to this point, and the ministry of Jesus, he look around and see that these individuals are not are, are still uh, they're still not prepared for what is to come. I, I, I don't know where you are in your Christian life right now. I don't know where you are in, in your experience with Christ right now. But, 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 but I've come to learn and come to realize that, 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 that everything that happens in my life happens for a reason. I get it. I know um, we talked a little bit earlier about, I believe it was our stewardship department talked about choices that we make. And, and I just want to help you out. I've made some good choices. I've made some bad choices. I've made some not so great choices, but, but at the end of the day, God was able to take my faults, my messed up moments, my bad decisions, flip it around and make it work for his good. I need somebody to understand that as Jesus was dealing with these disciples, there were some things that they weren't ready for that had to happen, some things that had to unfold, some things that had to take place, some things that had to come to fruition. Are you with me? Some things that had to show up. There was no way around it. There was no way getting over it. There was no way but to go through it. I know sometimes you want to go around the drama. You want to go over the drama. I know sometimes if you can just avoid the drama altogether, you will say that is the best thing that could ever happen to me. But the reality is there are times in our Christian experience where there are some stuff that just have to show up in our lives in order to get us to the next level. I need you to understand that where you are right now is not where God has rest his case for you. God has not slammed down the gavel and said, case dismissed. God is still working. God is still moving. God is still doing some things. God is still opening opening up some stuff. God is still shutting down some stuff. God is still moving because God is trying to get us to that next level. I need somebody to understand me this morning because it's easy for us to get caught up in the main and in, 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 in the mundane. It's easy for us to get caught up in everything going this way. You know, I get that way sometimes. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, uh, every Sometimes when I'm driving a car, I'll take a particular route, Elder Harris, and, and sometimes my 
my wife will say, honey, you know, you can go this way and I'll throw a look on her like, you know, I know where I'm going. I know what I'm doing. I've driven this thing long. But, but, but every now and again, it's okay to do something different. And God is just trying to get us to a place where we're now able to do something a little different because there are some things coming down the pike that he's trying to get us ready for. Come on in here, disciples. I need you to take a seat. I need you to hang out with me just for a little while because Jesus in the text tells us, he said, I must leave. I got to go away. I got to leave here because if I don't leave, then the helper, the comforter, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit cannot come. And I need you to understand that it is best for him to be here than me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, see, I, 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 I don't know about you, but when I look at the story and I look at the life of Jesus, there were many a times when Jesus was in one place at one particular time and he was needed somewhere else. Oh, I wish you would come on in here. Come on in here, Lazarus. Come on in here, Mary and Martha. You know the story when Lazarus died and, 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 and the message came to Jesus that Lazarus had died and Jesus hung out for another couple of days. He didn't leave right away. He didn't move right away, but he stayed where he was for a few more days. And the Bible tells us that then Jesus, upon his timing, left and went to go see about Lazarus. And he was met with Mary and Martha. And they said, Lord, had you been here? Had you been here? And our brother Lazarus would not have died. I need you to understand that Jesus is telling his disciples that it's imperative that I leave because I can only be at one place at one time. And if I can be selfish this morning, family of God, I don't want Jesus at your house when I need him at mine. Can I just, can I say that in here? Am I, 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 I by myself in here this morning? I, I, I don't want Jesus at your house healing you when I need healing at my house. So Jesus is letting the folk know it's imperative that I leave because when I leave here, there's somebody that's going to come that's going to be here and there and everywhere. I don't have to worry about it anymore. Is that all right? Trying, trying to help you out. It's imperative that Jesus leave here. So he lets them know I got to go. But here it is right here. We all know that the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. Amen. We know that the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. But what is his role? What is his role in the life of a believer? Jesus shared with his disciples on his last night before he was crucified, the Holy Spirit and how he was strengthening their community. Jesus said, I need you to understand that the Holy Spirit is going to come. He's going to do two things. He's going to convict and he's going to guide. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's going to he's going to convict. Number one, he said when he comes, it's right there in the text. It's right there in the verse. He said when he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. Verse nine says in regard to sin, because men do not believe in me. In righteousness, because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And in regards to judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I need to leave here. I need to go. I need to go to that place so that the Holy Spirit can come and do the work that I cannot do in my physical body. Jesus says that the work of the Holy Spirit is to convict. 
The Holy Spirit is going to show that all people are guilty. I don't care who you are. I get to understand you live in a righteous life. You do have some that are faithful in this area and some that are faithful in that area. But the reality is you're guilty. I know you're looking at me. You got your best clothes on. I know I try to throw on my best and, and, and you know, because I want to come and stand and look good for the people of God. But the reality is I'm guilty. I need you to understand you've done a wonderful job this week witnessing and telling folk about the love of Christ. You've didn't curse on your job. You've done everything. You've ate healthy. Amen. You, you, you've done every. But guess what, family? I just want you to know you're guilty. You're guilty. You're guilty. You're guilty. You're guilty. I'm just trying to help you out because I don't want you to be a delusional and I don't want you to think that you've got it made because you came to church today. I need you to understand that there was work that needs to be done. And the only way that work can get done in, in, in its fullness is you got to have the Holy Spirit. See, many of us like to try to move around in this space as if we don't need the Holy Spirit, as if the Holy Spirit is just an extension to this thing called Christianity. But let me let you in on something. The Holy Spirit is pivotal to your salvation. Unless you have the Holy Spirit in your life, amen, you're not going to make it. It's not going to happen. It can't happen. There's no way that you're going to be walking around heaven without the Spirit of God in you. It just, it just don't make sense to me. I don't know how we can be that delusional, how we can feel that I can live my life any kind of way I want to without the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit convicts. And if you don't have the conviction, uh, uh, you're going to continue down the road that you've been going down. You're going to continue making those bad decisions. You're going to continue to keep making those dumb moves. You're going to continue. If you're not convicted, you're going to continue living in the life of sin that you've been if you're not convicted, you need, you, need, you need to understand the Holy Spirit comes to convict, to let you know when you're in, in the wrong. If I don't need the Holy Spirit in my life. I don't need the Holy Spirit telling me when I'm in the wrong. I know when I'm in the wrong. My mama taught me good common sense. My daddy know, taught me how to look both ways before I cross the street. I know right from wrong. Well, if that's the case, then why are you still struggling in your stuff? If you got it all together, then why do we even need to be here today? If everything is gravy and all is well and all is good, then why do we even need a Jesus in our lives? I'm going to tell you why you need him. Because you're guilty. <laughs> you're not perfect. None of us in here are perfect. None of us in here got it all together. So don't look left. Don't look right. Just look in the mirror and you will see what a guilty person looked like. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So don't let nobody get you to a space where they feel like they have arrived because they haven't. That person there, I suggest to you to put a little distance between you. Because that person is delusional. Use that word quite a few times in here, and you wonder why I keep using that word, because the reality is when you think of yourself better than or more than you really are, <laughs> Jesus had to let the disciples know that I got to leave here. I need to leave here. First of all, we need to understand that the Spirit will convict the world as guilty in regards to sin. You see, God has to teach us what sin is. You see, without the revelation of God, we will never know what God's law is or what we have violated God's law. 
We'll never know. If God never laid it out before us, if God never showed us his law, we will continue on down the road that we've been going down, never seeing anything wrong with it. And we understand and know that when you break one of his laws, you've broken them all. So we can't pick and choose which law we deem holy and which law we deem righteous. We can't decide uh, which one of God's laws is better or higher or, or, or outstanding or, 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 or more wonderful or easy to keep. Let me tell you something. If you can't keep one, you can't keep none. That's the way he made it. I mean, many of us who have children in here, I would like to believe, I would hope to believe, I'm about to say this, but I know we're living in some very dangerous times and some very crazy times, but how many of us have children when we only say that I just love this one, but I don't love that one? But I understand, I know we're living in some very dangerous times where individuals are actually leaving babies in cars in 100 degree weathers and then going off shopping somewhere. We're living in a time where even mothers are putting babies in ovens. But I would like to believe that none of that foolery is taking place in the house of God. I would like to believe that we as people of God understand that I cannot love one without the other. I cannot do for one child without doing for the other. No more than I can do God's law. I can't do the first commandment and leave out the second. And I can't take the second and leave out the third. And I can't be about the third commandment and overlook the fourth commandment. I can't be about the fifth and the sixth and the seventh and disregard the eighth and the ninth and even the tenth commandment. If I broke one of them, I've broken them all. I didn't write the book. I'm just trying to live by it because I've come to realize that there are some things that Jesus is trying to share with us, that there are some things that Jesus is trying to reveal to us, that it would behoove us every day of our lives to come in alignment with what God is trying to do and disregard what we're trying to do. Too many times we have placed in our needs and our values and our wants and our our decision and our thoughts above God thoughts above God decision above God's desire many of times we have taken God and placed him on the back burner and we become delusional that word again and we feel as if we got it all under control and the reality is we don't so the Holy Spirit comes to convict us As guilty in regards to sin. You see, without this revelation, we would not know where we stand. We would continue on doing stuff that is displeasing to God. If God has not revealed it, if God did not reveal his law to us. So I thank God that he showed me when I was wrong. I thank God that he didn't let me continue to go down that path. I'm so thankful that God loved me enough to step in my mess and say, son, you're doing it wrong. Son, that's not right. Son, that's not a good idea. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He comes along and he shows you when you are in error. And it will behoove us when the Holy Spirit speaks. That we listen. It's time for us to listen. It's time for us to stop pushing it off to the side. It's time for us to stop saying tomorrow, tomorrow. Because like the whining said, tomorrow may never come.
None of us is promised tomorrow. Today is your day of salvation. Today is your day to make your calling and election. Sure, Jesus is simply trying to get the disciples to a place where they understand, I know you're used to me being here. I know you are comfortable with me being here. But now I need you to get comfortable with somebody else. I need you to get comfortable with the Holy Spirit. Kind of puts me in the mind of God when he... In the Old Testament, when God looked out on the world and saw that every thought and imagination of man was evil. And God looked back and the Bible tells us in Genesis that God looked over man, over his creation. And the Bible says that it grieved God that he even made us. God basically said, I wish I've never made him. But because of God's great love, because of his love for us, he said, even though though I'm grieved that I made this decision, I still believe that it's the right decision. Help me right there, Holy Ghost. I still, I still believe uh, that, 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 that my decision was the best decision, even though they don't love me and God had to destroy the world. God looked out and saw that man was doing their own thing and man's thoughts was just so perverted and, and, and so messed up. They were, they were just so out of, that, that, that there was no way God was able to look out there and see not, not even a glimpse of his character. And the Bible said that he had to destroy us. But I'm so glad that the Bible goes on to say that he found grace. And a young man by the name of Noah, even though Noah had of his own, because the reality is just like Romans remind us that, that the wages of sin is death and that all have sinned and fallen short. That's just not a New Testament thing, but that go all the way back to even good old Noah who have fallen short. But yet God saw something in him that he would keep him around. And the Bible says that God regretted that he made us. God grieved in his spirit. And I can imagine even as Jesus, as he approached the disciples and as his time on earth was closing, the Bible tells us that Jesus looked out over Jerusalem and the Bible said one of the shortest versions, uh, uh, verses in the Bible, we all know what it is, Jesus wept and we're still bringing tears to the eyes of God. And Jesus said, I must leave here. I know, I know you want me to stay here, but I'm seeing some things. I'm seeing some stuff that if I don't leave, it will never get better. And I need the people of God in a place where they are better than where they are now. Because when I come the second time, I need people that is prepared. I need a people that is prepared to receive me. And so Jesus looked out and he saw that people weren't ready. The world wasn't ready. He looked over Jerusalem and the Bible says he wept. So as he speaks to these disciples and he shared with them, I must leave. I have to leave. I have to go away. Because if I don't go, the Holy Spirit cannot come. 
And I want the Holy Spirit here with you. Because that's what's going to convict you of the stuff. That's what's going to show you the stuff. I'm looking at your faces right there, and I want you to bring it on back home. I need you to bring it on back home. Jesus saying, I must leave. Jesus is saying, I must leave. Because if I don't, So Jesus is sharing this with his disciples. He's letting them know. So the disciples uh, are trying to make sense of it all, trying to understand it's just not really making sense. I mean, I've walked with you, Jesus, for three and a half years, and, and, and I broke bread with you. I watched you feed the 5,000, but I, 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 I read a, a, a commentator say that, that the disciples was feeling some kind of way because the, uh, they weren't able to witness the miracles of Jesus anymore. They weren't able to, to uh, 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 see Jesus, you know, as he performed all these wonderful things. But I would like to dive a little deeper than that. I would like to believe that the disciples were kind of confused because they have now developed a relationship with Jesus. And it wasn't so much about the miracles that Jesus was doing, but it was about the man, the friendship, the laughter. I, you know, people, the Bible don't talk about Jesus laughing, but, 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 but do you not know Jesus laughed? Do, 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 you, do you not know that, 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 that Peter must have done something that made Jesus be like, brother, you, brother, that, Peter, really? Matthew, Matthew, really, you, 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 really, you really believe that? Jesus is speaking. Jesus is sharing these things with his disciples, letting them know. So the Holy Spirit convicts them. Of sin, not only that, but the second thing, the Holy Spirit will convict the world in regards to righteousness. You see, God has to teach us that our righteousness is totally insufficient. Your righteousness, I know, I know, I need you to know it, I need you to get it, family of God, that your righteousness is is, is not enough. It's not enough. It is not enough for you to get into the kingdom. Your righteousness alone, the Bible tells us that your righteousness is nothing but filthy rags. Your good day, your best day, can't even compare to God's worst day. Filthy rags. You're insufficient. You're lacking. You're missing. You're you're, you're coming up short without the Holy Spirit that will come along and fill in the gaps. The Holy Spirit that will help you bridge the gap. It's the Holy Spirit that will help you make it through those difficult moments. You need the Holy Spirit in your life. So that God can get you to that place of excellence. That place of righteousness, that place where now when you see him crack the sky, you're not running from him, but you're wanting, you're running towards him. See, it's hard for us as people to recognize that our righteousness amounts to nothing before God because we do not possess righteousness within ourselves. See, uh, 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 my righteousness, uh, you, 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 you mean out of all the good that I've done, you mean that's not enough? You, you, you mean, you, are, you, are you telling me that out of all of, the, uh, 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 of my time that I've spent in the church, you telling me that's not enough? 
are you really saying, preacher, that all of the talents that God has given me, that I've given back to him, you telling me I can't make it in on talent alone? That's what I'm telling you. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying, that you cannot make it in on talent alone. You need the Holy Spirit. You need the spirit of the living God that is able to break up the fallow ground and that is able to convict you of sin and of righteousness. And the third thing is that he will convict you of of, of judgment. What are we saying? What are we saying? Right here, there it is, right there in the text, that the Holy Spirit will convict the world in regards to judgment. You see, the world's judgment is profoundly wrong and morally perverse. And too many times we take our clues from, from the media. Many times we get all of our information. Whenever we, whenever we want to know something, Sister Joy, we Google it. Anybody, anybody Google this week? Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we take our clues from social media. We, we, we go to, to Instagram to get the, to, 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 to get the 411. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We go to Facebook to get all the tea. We, 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 we go to social media to try to get an understanding of what's going on in our world. And the Bible was very clear of what's going on in our world. And too many times we, we void the word of God. Because we're so consumed with the things of this world. And we have to understand, family God, if I can just throw this here, little nugget in there, we have to understand that God has standards. That God is not just some okie doke type of God that he's just going to let stuff just roll and let stuff just fly. That God is intentional about what he's doing. God makes no mistakes, family. God is, makes no mistake, family of God. So, so the Holy Spirit will come to uh, 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 convict the world in regards to judgment, letting us know that God is still on the, on the throne. You see, our judgment, our values, and our, 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 our discernments are all based on wrong standards. We see things from a flawed perspective. We see things from, from one prism, and that's our own. And it's very hard, if I can just be transparent up in here today to help somebody through this difficult time, it's, it's, it's very hard to see things from somebody else's perspective. Because this don't make sense. It makes sense to me, but it don't make sense to you. And because it makes sense to me, it needs to make sense to everybody. And the truth of the matter is, that's not how it works. And we get so caught up in our ideas and our uh, opinion and, 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 and the way that mama did it. I remember I, remember, uh, uh, I was talking to some individuals and they were talking about uh, 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 how, to, how to prepare a particular dish. And, and, and one person was saying, no, you, know, you have to put this in there and that in there and this in there. Same dish. And the person was like, no, 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 because, you know, you got to put this in there. You got to put that in there and you got to put this in there. And, and they were both going back. Back and forth, and I had to come to an understanding, and I'll be, you know, ask the question: Well, who taught you how to do it? And who taught you how to do it? And it seems to me that there were two individuals that showed these individuals how to do it. Same dish, different cultures, 
different perspectives, different views. But they were so locked in on this is the way it needs to be done. And if it's not done this way, then it's not done right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and we do that very thing when it comes to religion. That if we're not doing it this way, you ain't got it. If you're not eating this way, if you're not speaking this way, you're not got it. And Jesus is simply saying the Holy Spirit comes to deal with all of that. To deal with all of that. Because what we are dealing with is not an outward thing, but an inward thing. What we're dealing with is much deeper than we can even imagine. Why would Jesus come for three and a half years and walk with these young men and share his life with these young men, knowing all along that in three and a half years later that he will have to lay his life down. Many of us get married knowing that in three and a half years you're going to have to get a divorce. Who, in a right mind, will enter into a commitment with an individual knowing that, that three and a half years later that we're going to have to shut it all down. Who in their right mind would come to that type of agreement that I'm okay with this? But see, when you look at the big picture, you understand that Jesus knew exactly what he was doing. He did it. And so which is, what is the convincing, the convicting role of the Holy Spirit? He reveals our sin. He reveals our, 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 our deprived state and relation to God. He convinces us that we need salvation. So not only that, I'm about to get out of here. Not only that, but the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin, of, of, of righteousness, and of judgment. But the last thing I need us to understand here as we're going to get out of here, and that is the Holy Spirit also guides us. Into all truth. The Bible says here in verse 13, it says, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you the things to come. So this second role of the Holy Spirit has is in regarding us in all truth. He's coming to guide us into all truth. You ask the question, well, how do I know what truth is? The reality is, if I can just help you with this, uh, it is not necessarily for you to know, but it's for the Holy Spirit to know. Because if you knew what truth was, you wouldn't need the Holy Spirit. You don't know what truth is. You think you know what truth is. You have an idea. That's some hard words. Like, Pastor, you know, we don't know what truth is. Let me tell you something, family of God. The Holy Spirit comes to lead you and guide you into all truth. If you knew what truth was, would you need the Holy Spirit to guide you? 
I'm just asking the question because I'm looking at you. Look at me as I look at you. If I knew what truth was, if I knew how to obtain it, if I knew I'm talking truth, I'm not talking something I read in a book. I'm not talking about going to some thesaurus to get some type of answer. I'm not talking about going to some type of dictionary. I'm talking about leading me to something that I don't know where it is. Where is truth? How do you find truth? What does it look like? What does it sound like? What does it feel like? What does it smell like? Nobody want to answer that. Maybe you want to answer that. Or maybe you know what it is and you're just looking at me because it's the preacher moment. But maybe after this, you'll pull me to the side and say, preacher, this is what truth is. And I'm going to ask you this question right here. I'm letting you know right now what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you the question. So how did you come to that? And if you say the Holy Spirit, I'm going to say, I already told you that. I'm telling you that now. I'm telling you that now. So, 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 so when you come to me, I'm going to need you to come to me with an answer other than the Holy Spirit. If you can do that, we're going to have a conversation. But I already know what the answer is going to be. Because we don't know nothing without the, without the Holy Spirit. Do you not know that you can't think a thought without God? You can't move a muscle without God? So how then can you say, I know what something is apart from God? You need the Holy Spirit. He will guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit is there to guide us in the dark and confusing world. We're in a world now that is so crazy so much confusion, so much stuff going on, so much stuff unfolding that you need the Holy Spirit in order to get you through these difficult moments. I didn't write the book. I'm just trying to live by it. I'm simply just wanting to proclaim the truth that God has laid before me through his Holy Spirit. Because the reality is, I don't know nothing. It's a bold thing. Many folk don't want to take on that. I know something. Well, whatever you know, you didn't know it by yourself. You didn't come to it on your own. Many would like to believe. That's why we have evolution. That's why you have issues with the state of the dead. That's why we have all these different doctrinal issues. Because everybody want to come up with an idea of why instead of staying in the word of God and resting right there. I don't know anything. Apart from God. I have no answers. Apart from God. Sometimes I have to stop. 
and go into prayer and say, Lord, you give me the direction. You lead me through this because I don't know. And it's okay, family of God, to not know. It's okay, family of God, to be in a space or in a place where you need Jesus. It's okay. It's okay, family of God, to be in a space where I don't have all the answers. I want you to know that it is okay to struggle. But what is not okay is for you not to call on Jesus and ask him to help you and to deliver you and to get rid of and to pull you and to hold you. That's what's not okay. Because that when I want to do right, I don't do. And that when I don't want to do right, then it seems like it's just a struggle all the way around. And so we don't want to be delusional. We don't want to get to a place in our Christian experience where we are too proud to call on the Holy Spirit. Today is your day. Today is your day to make your calling and election sure. Today is your day for you to say enough is enough. Because let me tell you something, just like when God looked out in Genesis and it grieved him that he made us. And then Jesus has gotten to the point in his ministry where he stood out looking over Jerusalem. And the Bible says he wept. We are now entering into a space where we are now grieving the Holy Spirit. What's left? You've grieved God. You've grieved Jesus. And now we're grieving the Holy Spirit. And at some point, at some point, he's going to crack the sky. And all he would be able to do is say, I tried. I gave you chances after chances after chances after chances. And you still kept pushing me away. When are we going to finally get to a place where it's God and God alone? It's not my way. It's not my way. I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who can save anybody. It's not hard. It's not rocket science. He simply says, Whosoever will, let him come. Is there one? Is there one today that says, I want to come? Sister Mary, thank you so much. Is there another? The voice of the Holy Spirit 
is speaking to you right now. And you know that you need to be front and center. Don't let the devil dupe you any longer. Don't let him continue to play you like that. You have power over him. You just have to exercise it. I don't know who you are. But I'm making the invitation available. It's not hard. It's not rocket science. It's simply giving it over to Jesus. I'm going to ask the praise team to come and take the stand, the choir, as we're about to close. But if you know that you need to be up here with me, thank you, my brother. Thank you so much. Bless you, O'Neill. Is there another? Is there another? Come on. Thank you, Brother Jerry. Praise God. Come on. Let's put our hands together. We kind of quiet in here. Bless you, man. Bless you. Bless you, Lord. Ah. Bless you. Yes, sir. Bless you. Hallelujah. Bless you, man. Ah. There may be somebody else. Come on. Bless you, man. Today is your day. Bless you, man. Bless you. Today is your day to come unto him. All oh, ye who are heavy laden, he said, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke. Learn of me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Listen, we're getting ready for a baptism, and I just want if you want to be baptized, you haven't been baptized, and you want to be a part of this next baptism, I just ask you to just raise your hand. Is there one? Is there one? Amen. Sister Mary, God bless you. Is there another? Is there another? We're about to pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, you are truly an amazing God. We thank you so much for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you are about to do. I pray right now for Brother O'Meal and Brother Jerry and Sister Mary. I pray for their decision. As they make a decision to follow you all the way, oh God. I ask that you will cover them, keep them. You know their concerns. You know their situation, Father. And we believe that when we lay them in your hands, oh God, that there is no better hand to lay them in than yours. So we ask that you will cover and keep. We thank you so much. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We'll talk. We're going to talk. We're going to talk. We're going to talk. Amen. Brother Will, let's talk. got a hand. Praise this Sister Mary, we're going to talk. Beautiful, beautiful message, Pastor. The Holy Spirit showed up today. Amen. Amen. You all better tell somebody to come out to 1721 Parker Road where the Holy Spirit is in the house. That's why we call this the Tabernacle of Praise. We just praise the Lord this morning. My heart is full. Brother Jerry didn't devil try to keep him from coming to church this morning. But look at God. Praise the Lord. Let us stand this morning. 
this afternoon, this evening, as we are dismissed. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for the gift of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that was present today. Lord, we're thankful for the decisions that were made, Lord. We pray that we will seal these decisions in the courts above. Father, we pray. You said, ask, seek, and knock, and the door shall be open, Lord. We're asking for that Holy Spirit today. We're going to seek your word, Lord, from day to day, Lord. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you through the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, and the people said together, amen. 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 Be seated as you are ushered out. And remember there, the pastor went to meet with the deaconess and the deacons. Good and your mercy endureth forever. 
Bahu 